Patreon elite members, welcome back to another episode. We've got a, uh, a funky question today. I'm going to try to hook you real early. We've been working on getting the hooks earlier in the show. So Simon says, if you had to start a day, uh, a new store today with no shopping ads, what would you focus on to build momentum in the beginning? I will read his entire thing because it's flattering. He says good things about us, John. But I'll read that first. But that's where we're going to go today is answer this question that came into Dropship Patreon Podcast at gmail.com. If you have a question, send it to Dropship Patreon Podcast at gmail.com and you can be answered on the show as well. Hmm, you got your radio announcer voice on today. Hey, nice. Do you want me to try it a little? Dropship Patreon Podcast at gmail.com. Send in your questions. We'll get you answered. I used to do that when I was a kid, man. I really wanted to be a DJ because my dad went to school for that. He never finished, but he went to school. He had a show called DDKP. It was him and you know Don Kanagendorf and Dan Peterson or something like that. And so they had DD. Welcome to DDKP and blah blah blah. And they, you know they were in uh, you know their college for that stuff. And so when a song would come on the radio, he would do it. He would like this song takes you way back to 1976. Enjoy the dulcet tones of blah blah blah. And then the song would like hit every, and he was perfect on it. And I was like, oh fuck, I want to do that. My dad's so cool. You know, your, your dad's <laughs> the coolest when you're a kid. So I did that, uh, and then uh, you know, uh, I don't know. I was a dumb 18 year old as well. I think I did that voice for you of like, welcome to stage, Fantasia. You know, like there's many places to be a DJ. It sure is. Yeah. So. I don't know. I like getting real close to the mic, though. You know. Yep. Well, let me uh, let me read this whole thing and yeah. uh, get a little flattery here. So this is from Simon Woodward. Thank you, Simon, for using the inbox. There was one other one too as well. Alexis, if you're listening to this, John and I are going to answer that one in private for you uh, and just send you a little love there on your question. And uh, yeah, so he says, "Hi, lads. I really enjoy the podcast. Thank you." It doesn't matter what the topic is. I'm always a little more motivated to put in some extra effort after listening to one of your episodes. I wanted to reach out and say thanks and give this email address some love. Thank you, Simon. I recently started my second store. It's a niche I'm super passionate about and quite knowledgeable on. So I've got a big content SEO plans. However, I got whacked with the Google ads and Merchant Center suspensions on launch. I've been trying for months. I know they'll eventually get lifted, but I don't want to sit around waiting. That's where he says, if you had to start today with no shopping ads, what would you focus on to build momentum in the beginning? And I reached back and I just said, hey, do you have a budget for this or no? Uh, and he said, yes, I have another profitable store, so I can spend 300 to 500 per week if necessary, as this would have been allocated to PLAs if they were possible to run them currently. Um, that's, that's a decent budget, John. I think we can do some stuff here, but I'm genuinely curious the amount of different ideas that we can come up with of like how how would you get going and and this guy's in australia as well i believe right simon's down the road from you mm. i think you said so i uh, have some right. maybe that shifts thinking maybe it doesn't i don't know so i, I look i think there's well, many places we could go here I don't, where do you want to start yeah i mean in 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 the way it might shift thinking in in some senses i think is that in australia there's a lot less competition online right as compared to so i mean some of the things i suspect that we're going to suggest uh, may actually be a little easier in Australia than in the US, just because it's a you know there's there's less stuff online in Australia on a lot of, in a lot of spaces. So uh, I think you may actually be able to make progress faster on some of the things we would suggest here than in the US, just because of that, um, which is a good thing in Simon's case, quite possibly. But yeah, you know I think there's a lot of there's a lot of angles to go on here. I think. I mean, you know, I want to I want to ask a question before we get started. Yeah. So he this is not the first time we've had a student or mm. heck, you and I have been coaching people for a long time, long before this course existed, who have run into issues with Google. And I mm. I haven't I you know, I'm not going to wood over here. 
I have not. And so a lot of times in the past, I saw it when it was folks from out of the U.S. trying to run ads in the U.S. And so um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. why can we address like why you might get suspended and wh- why that might come up to anyone listening to this who might be going through the same thing? Like do, what experience do you have with that, John? Uh, well, for new accounts, um, almost every new account gets suspended at the moment in the beginning, hmm. Merchant Center account. So there's, there's two accounts here, right? There's Merchant Center and there's Google Ads. Merchant Center is really easy to get suspended and it's really easy usually to get fixed like really quick, right? And I think there was an increase in Merchant Center account suspensions uh, at the start of COVID or around the start of COVID because Google started getting a lot of new people trying to get in there and sell stuff, obviously, e-commerce is booming at that point and i think they actually pretty much just made it automatic then a new account will get suspended to force you to respond and contact them and ask for a manual review and blah 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 usually when that happens so they'll they'll the most common one is you get suspended for misrepresentation which is kind of like their catch-all bucket of unspecific reasons but usually that might be you don't have a phone number on your website or you know you don't have a contact us page or blah 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 all that sort of stuff. So usually if you get hit with that one on a new account for Merchant Center, you can just bang it in, manual review, check everything on your website and they'll turn it around in like 24 hours or something, right? And almost every account I've started or seen someone start gets that in the beginning. Google Ads is is a much trickier one. If your Google Ads account gets suspended, that's much less common. Um, and it's one you have to watch a lot more closely. Sometimes the most common one I've seen there is particularly in... in as you mentioned, for people doing it across borders, it can be linked to your payment method. Um, and if you screw the review of that up, it's really hard to get it undone. And it can also carry over to your other Google accounts, right? So if you've got other Google accounts that are somehow linked to your name or using the same payment method, um, Google will often suspend all of your Google Ads accounts. Um, which really sucks if you're starting a new business and you've already got an existing one and you're using the same payment details. Um, so you do have to watch that quite closely. Uh, and yeah, definitely you see the random ones, which sounds like Simon's kind of fallen into that bucket where everything just gets locked up and, you know, it it it's, 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 takes time to undo and... Uh, you know, often Google Ads helps. Google Google supports not much help. You know, you can call them and they'll be like, "Oh, well, I don't know why it's suspended." Blah blah blah. And they don't really do anything to help you. And I wonder if that might be his problem. He's saying, "I've managed to get text ads going on an old ads account I own." You know, is it like, can you have? I should know. I guess I've never done it. Can you have the same payment method across multiple accounts, or like the moment you do, that's a red flag? No, you can. You can. Yeah. You definitely can. There's nothing wrong with it. The danger with doing that is just if you get your account suspended because they think your payment method is suspicious, it will affect all of your accounts. All right. So I would suggest as a safety thing, if you're somebody who runs multiple businesses, don't use the same credit card for all of them. But you can. It's not actually against Google's policies to use the same payment method for all your accounts. But that's one of the common reasons why Google ad accounts get suspended. And Google ad accounts are much harder to unsuspend than Merchant Center accounts, in my experience. But it sounds like Simon's got hit with both. So, you know, 
I agree though. It will get it will get turned around at some point for sure. They always do. You we know. found a guy for Facebook that can really help a lot of people out. I think um, we need to find somebody with a with a in at Google that can you know just get in there and get around this stuff because it seems so annoying to have to deal with this stuff. It seems like such a unnecessary hurdle. Mm. It does, and you can make it worse too. So the, the trap a lot of people fall into uh, in the beginning, uh, if they go through this experience without any help, is when they get hit with that. Um, suspension notice, which usually implies that you're doing something wrong. They'll be like, oh, fuck, no, I'm not doing something wrong. And they write back to Google and like give them some sort of, you know, complaint about why are you suspending me? You can't suspend me, blah, blah, blah. I haven't done anything wrong. I'm a legitimate business, blah, blah, blah. And then that just makes matters worse. So whenever you respond to Google, you have to tread fairly carefully with that and and make sure you actually are giving them evidence that you've attempted to find something that you need to fix and or have found something you need to fix and fixed it. Uh, otherwise, they just like shut the door. They'll just be like, no, nah, sorry. Not coming back anytime soon. So I've certainly seen that happen as well. Well, keep us updated, Simon. I'm, I'm genuinely curious what the outcome is here on, on Google ads, uh, you know, hoping for the best, but I, I, again, I know you're not the only one who's been through this. So frustrating to say the least. And again, I'm knocking on wood hard over here because I've just never had to deal with it. Same with, you know, the many Amazon things you hear about of Amazon shutting you down. Yeah. Knock on wood. I, I just haven't any problems over there. And so maybe I'm lucky or maybe it is more rare and you only hear about it because if it happens to you, you're going to be loud about it. Right. Uh, and so I hope that's the case. Hope that turns around, but Simon, let's talk, Let's talk through ideas. So the first thing that like stood out to me is he gave a budget very similar to what I paid someone to build a business for me, like to learn. Right. And so I had someone who my best friend came to me and said, I want to learn this stuff. I'll work for you know relative peanuts to come do the work for you. And so I had in my head exactly how I wanted to build this. And he came and built it. And it wasn't much more than, I know he has three to 500 a week. I think I paid him 2,500 a month in the beginning. Uh, and certainly as we brought in sales, that increased. But we didn't run ads either. We just built. Um, and as you know, building's like having sex. That's the the quote of the week that's going on. I appreciate that. I even tweeted it today, getting some love over there. Uh, and so yeah, like we just built. Like, <laughs> we should get it's a t-shirt. It's going to be a t-shirt. Yeah. Um, can you put my big mug on there too right in front of me? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's got to be on there. <laughs> Oh boy. Uh, everyone pre-order now. And, uh, and so like, I think you can just build just straight up. Like all we did was focus on getting brands and getting collection pages, content around those collection pages and getting the products up in a, you know, I'll, I'll say what it is, a perfect manner and just spending that time building. And like the results will come after that. Imagine if we flipped on ants, which we did, things started converting pretty well because we had them. We already had the assets to remarket. We had everything done. So I like, I'm going to lean towards SEO here, which is an easy path for John and I both to go down. And you actually sent over your URL. You asked us not to make it public, but I can tell you right now, um, I can see some that you're doing right. I can see some that you're doing wrong. And so like, uh, you know, I would just correct you and get this done in the right fashion. And like John said, there's not a lot of competition in Australia. And so like, if you can get this done right, you're going to do well. You're going to do well from an organic front long before ads can even get turned on. Absolutely. I mean, that, that's that's obviously the obvious answer on, on this question from us is going to be start working on your SEO, right? And you've got a budget and, and that's a decent budget to start doing some SEO work for sure. Get producing some content, um, maybe even, you know, slipping in some decent links and all that sort of thing. So 
uh, backlinks, that is. So, I mean, yeah, you can certainly make some progress there um, on the SEO front for sure. Do you want to like dive into what that would look like? I mean, I'm happy to give you my entire process here as far as like how, how I started and why I started where I started. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. And then, uh, you know, we'll flip over to some other ideas that are not SEO related. Yeah, it's hard not to use his exact website because it, it, it'd be very easy to explain this, Simon, uh, if we could. Um, I, um, what's a website we can use to like work this through, John? Or like, do you just want to do saunas as we usually do? Yeah, let's do saunas. All right. So if we use saunas, like I want to think through, all right, first thing I'm going to do is just list out all the brands, right? Everything is the same as if you're going to run ads. You're, you're doing the same thing. You're going to hunt, hunt out the brands that you're going to want to acquire. You're going to want to go acquire those brands. And then it's actually when it comes to building it that you're going to put your budget to use. So first off, know that this is going to take a while, uh, but that's okay. You're playing the long game here. You already said you have one profitable store. Let's, let's work on number two and play the long game here. So if I'm working on saunas, I'm going to go get every brand I'm thinking of, and I'm going to start from the first brand that says yes and start building that. And here's the thing that I'm going to think of as I'm going along is I'm not just building brand a, we'll call just brand a brand B, whatever. I'm not just going to start uploading brand a alongside of that. I'm already going to have some of the, um, supporting kind i'm not sure what to call it but like in every niche again just for saunas you're going to have a saunas for sale collection or just infrared saunas collection or whatever you're going to call it right let's assume it's just infrared saunas so you're going to have a collection for infrared saunas i like to throw on the long tail of for sale just to distinguish distinguish it from the other one which is going to be uh best infrared saunas of 2022 right that'll just be called best infrared saunas the h1 will have the 2022 the url will not and that's as simple as you need to start so you have these like two extra pages so when you upload brand a and you build out this amazing collection page and build out all the products perfectly now you can take their two or three best sellers and add them to your best page add them to your um your saunas for sale infrared saunas for sale page and start building those two pages out and then, and then you'll do the same with brand b and you'll add a little bit more to the general the generic collection and to the best page and eventually as you get through multiple brands you'll end up having multiple brand collection pages that hopefully rank multiple products that hopefully rank because they're all unique and two pages that are going to drive in hopefully an enormous amount of traffic ranking for those generic keywords along the way right so i want to do this not just for saunas but every different area that's on my business so that over time, as I imagine if I got five brands in saunas, five brands in another uh, sub niche, five brands in another sub niche, five brands in another sub niche. Now I have 20 collection pages. I probably have a hundred products and I have eight generic keywords that I'm ranking for all used to funnel down. And to me, that's the beginning. I don't, I don't want to go too far from there, John. Like w- you and I speak a different language than most people. I got that feedback on our office hours call this week of, uh, I had to pause your show and go Google some acronyms to make sure I'm thinking through this. So, um, you, how about you give the opportunity to say, Ben, slow down. What did you mean by exit? Like, did you understand everything I just put on? Of course you understand, but like, do you think the audience understood what I just like elaborated on there? Yes, I think so. I hope so by now, if they're listening to us regularly. Yeah, I hope so too, because uh, like I would do this on a site I was running shopping ads on too, right? Like uh, I would also, you know, I'd be focusing on those shopping ads to make some cash, but I would be doing the same thing. So, all right. So I can see on your site, you have one, two, three, four, five, six. So let's imagine uh, we'll call saunas niche one, niche two. I'm going to do the same thing, right? I'm going to go find the list of products uh, or brands. I'm going to reach out to them and then I'm going to put brand one up and build a um, 
niche to whatever that is like generic keyword, right? Well, um, we'll call it, um, what do I have on my desk? We'll call it podcasting microphones, right? USB microphone, whatever it is, I'm going to create the podcasting microphones for sale and I'm going to create the best podcasting microphones page. I'm going to upload brand a, get that perfect, right? The collection page will be perfect. All the products will be rewritten and perfect and all following our checklist. I'm going to populate the best products onto the best page and onto the generic page that I've built out. I'm not just having a collection on the generic page with a, uh, you know, with a, the carousel. I'm actually building that out, right? And there's going to be subtop. Let's use podcast or no, let's use infrared saunas for an example. On that generic infrared saunas for sale page, what are some of the longer tail descriptive keywords that belong on that page? Probably one person infrared sauna, two person infrared sauna, three person, right? Those are going to be like your sections on that page. And now you can just pull your best sellers into those sections. And of course, you can still have the carousel on the bottom, but you're going to want to build out that page on the top so that you have content so that it ranks. This is where I uh, tend to differ from gurus. And, and I see it on your page. You, you're following what some other online gurus are telling you. You have the ultimate guide to brand generic niche. Uh, we'll call it that, right? So imagine if it's like Sunray Saunas. You have the ultimate guide to Sunray Saunas. That is not what Google wants for Sunray Saunas. They want a collection page. Go to Google and search that brand name and that product type, and they're going to show you collection pages because that's what Google wants. And so you built this ultimate guide on your website, on the front page, Simon, that's never going to rank in America. This is where like Australia can come into play here because that will never fucking rank in America, but it might in Australia. I've been proving wrong by uh, one of our students who is, I don't want to say they're doing everything wrong. They're just not doing everything the way you, I think you have to do it in America to rank and it is working. But if you just do it the right way, you're going to really rank, right? And so I would encourage you to take that ultimate guide that's on your homepage and turn that into a brand. Turn that into a brand collection page because that's what people are looking for when they search a brand. They're not looking for the ultimate guide no, to a brand. And, They're looking for Google. Google wants yeah, a collection. And, and I think that's the the on, on a on a slightly different note. I think that's the, that's the wrong use for an ultimate guide type post. I mean, there, there is a use for the ultimate guide to something type posts. That to me just sounds like uh you like whether Google wants it or not, I don't think the customer wants it either. Like why do I need an ultimate guide to a brand? That doesn't make any sense. I might want an ultimate guide to to the health benefits of infrared saunas or something to do with infrared saunas, how to use them, for example, uh, all the you know, or whatever. But you don't need an ultimate guide to a brand. I mean, it's not going to be very ultimate. Like, what are you telling them in that? You know what I mean? It's not else already elsewhere on your site about that brand. Um, so I agree with Ben. That stuff should be on that brand's collection page. And a lot of that information probably should also be on the products pages from that brand to help you sell them rather than in an ultimate guide. To me, that just feels like kind of an SEO ploy that's not really grounded in any substance ultimate guide posts are also great for uh using as content to get backlinks pointed to and that sort of thing a lot of places will like to backlink to that sort of content but once again nobody wants to backlink to an ultimate guide to a brand like i i don't yeah i don't i think there's just a bit of a mismatch there with that type of content and that particular topic i don't think those line up in the right way aside just just from a customer perspective to begin with, let alone Google or SEO or anything else. I can see how the, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm just air quoting gurus, whatever the, the online presence telling you to do, I can see how they got there. Like if you go look online, you'll find, go Google HubSpot cluster content. 
and you'll see what they want for cluster con. You'll see pillar pages, skyscraper, whatever they're going to call it, right? There's all these names for it. And I see what they're trying to do. They're building an ultimate guide around this brand. And then they're going to put the products that link back to this ultimate guide. And they're going to find all of it makes sense, but you're doing it on the wrong page. You're not giving Google exactly what it wants or your customer, like John said. And so if you were to build this around the brand, so you have the yourwebsite.com slash collection slash brand name and probably a long tail, right? Which is like the exactly what you did on this ultimate guide. Um, we'll use Sunray Saunas, right? It would be slash collection slash Sunray Saunas. You are then able to build everything about the brand and don't think about the brand. No one's landing on that page and they're like, tell me all about Sunray and how long they've been in business. Like most people just go to the brand and they grab, uh, been in business since 1976. Sunray Sauna creates the greatest sauna. No, no one wants to read that shit, right? They want to get there and understand what is in it for them on Mm. Sunray Saunas. And so use that page to build out what's in it for the customer from Sunray Saunas. And, and again, you can probably lay out the sections here on Sunray Saunas as far as like, you know, go to Google, search Sunray Saunas, pull up your keywords everywhere tool. There's probably some long tails there. I'm just going to make these up. But again, it could just be one person Sunray Saunas, two person Sunray Saunas. It could be as simple as that. There's going to be like little subsections inside the brand. That's your page. Build that out. Don't like, don't put one line at the top your carousel and then shove a bunch of words at the bottom and hope to God it fucking ranks build out a landing page experience for someone to land on that page and be like, why is Sunray Saunas right for me? They're already potentially interested in Sunray Saunas or they've heard about it. Now hook them on that page and send them to the product that they're clearly looking for from there. So that's a very long rant on ultimate guides, but like, this is why I build the way I build and I, and I think I'm right. And I'll, I'll, I'll fight somebody on that one. I, I think for brands, they want collection pages for generic keywords even. And we'll use just saunas like ultimate guide to infrared saunas. I don't think is what Google wants. Go to Google and search infrared saunas. They want collections. They want products. Uh, give them exactly what they're looking for and then build that skyscraper, that cluster content around it, build the supporting keywords around it. Um, the one I often use is standing destination. If you want a great example, go to, go look at standing destination. I like to pull up the flexi spot collection page. I think Brian and I did a wonderful job of breaking out the sections there of flexi spot, standing desk, flexi spot, standing desk converters and flexi spot desk bikes. That's the sections. And we built out this great landing page. And if you want to build skyscraper content on pages, go back to the homepage and look at standing desk benefits. Brian and I built this huge cluster around it, around standing desk benefits, um, and then, you know, for standing desk back pain, standing desk weight loss, standing, there's all sorts of keywords around that, that you can build supporting content and point back to the main benefits page. Like great example of content on standing destination. And I don't know, I, I want to rant on it. I really like, there's a few people out there that I think influence our audience that I just don't think are correct. And I, I kind of want to bring them on here and debate them. Like, I don't know if you're up for that, John. Yeah, sure. Well, in this case, let's be just frank. They don't have the runs on the board. So we do. End of story. But yeah, like that, I mean, in this particular example, it doesn't make any sense. Um, And like from any perspective, to have an ultimate guide to a brand, I'm just going to say that right there. It doesn't, your customer doesn't care about that. Like you're not selling anything by giving somebody an ultimate guide to the brand like you just said. It's, it's, if somebody's already in that space, they're already in the middle of the funnel, right? If they're searching for a particular brand, they're not at the top of the funnel. Ultimate guides is top of funnel stuff, like top, top of funnel stuff. It's not, it's like I'm thinking of getting this type of product. That's when I want an ultimate guide. I don't want it when I'm already like deep into my product research. At that point, I'm deciding why would I want a Sunray and not another brand? That's all you've got to convince me on at that point. 
So what? So that's benefits. That's just benefits, benefits, benefits. It's not a whole ultimate guide piece, to me. I I think ultimate guide is just overused anyway. It's too. It's lazy, right? Like it's. I don't know. There's so much lazy content on the internet. I really want you to think through what your customer would want. So again, we'll go back to saunas. Why is someone interested in saunas in the first place? Do you think it's because they want to be warm? No. Uh, is it like? Do they need an ultimate guide on like how to choose them, or would they? Like, are they, I don't want to use the word ultimate guide. If you're going to talk about an infrared sauna, what's in it for your customer? So you don't need an ultimate guide to them. You need a collection page that sorts out the different versions, but you might want to have like infrared sauna benefits and actually talk through the science of like the heat shock proteins and that infrared saunas, in fact, actually don't get warm enough to give you any fucking benefits. Um, but that the, you actually want a traditional sauna, which it would lead you to do an infrared versus traditional page that could also link back to these collection pages. Um, you're going to want to give them the information where they seek it, where they are in the journey. And so I don't, I don't like ultimate guides. I just feel like they're lazy. They're not actually addressing what someone wants when they're searching that keyword. Um, and if they are, Google would show you that, right? Google, their only job is to make people want to continue coming back to Google and search. So Google is going to give you the most relevant searches. If people click on results and leave that page over and over again, Google's going to be like, well, clearly nobody wants this content and they're going to get rid of it. And so like everything that you see in the search results, for the most part, again, there is a little bit of gamery that goes on for sure. Is exactly what the customers are are asking for. This is why I think keyword research is like super easy. Just go to Google and search and they're going to show you what people want. And then you have to use your brain to decide why do they want that keyword? Why does that make sense? And if you can wrap your head around that, instead of applying logic from the guru of the day in SEO, you're going to be able to just outline a customer journey and be like, oh, that makes sense. That's exactly why they're on this page. You're going to be able to talk directly to that customer in that point in the journey and then bring them to the next phase of their journey and, um, I, I want to get this stuff like so systemized, but it's, it's hard. Like as soon as you start saying, this is how you should always do it on everything. You're in trouble, right? This is the reason there's ultimate guides. This is the reason there's gurus out there because that's what worked for them in one instance, right? Or maybe worked across a few, but that's not going to work for everybody. And it's very hard to systemize this and teach this in a method that isn't nuanced. Yeah. And I, I always have a laugh because uh, every time somebody asks me questions about marketing on our co- group coaching calls in Dropship Breakthrough, my answer al- almost always starts with it depends, right? Like it depends on a range of factors as to what you should do. And there's, there's rarely ever just, I mean, sometimes there is, but there's often not a clear-cut answer. So it's always a case of you have to go and look. Look at what's happening in your particular market and then based on what you see, decide between a number of options. Um, and I think you're right. I mean, it, it is difficult to balance giving, you know, because it's, it's easier for people to digest when you just give them one answer, but one answer isn't always the right answer for everybody. And so as a marketer, and if you're doing SEO on your site or ads or whatever, you're a marketer, you have to, yes, be able to learn from what other people have done and, and take that advice. But you also need to be able to use your own judgment, common sense, and actually ask the question, is this going to work for me based on what I'm seeing? Right? I think that's one of the things you learn as a marketer. It gets much easier as you get more experience, but you always have to do that because not everything's the same for everybody, absolutely. Um, and not everything works for everybody either. So you, you've always got to be asking that question in your marketing. Is is this what my customer wants? Is this actually what I should be doing? Does, does this advice marry up with what I see 
in is is happening in my particular niche or whatever um and and, and go from there well i sorry for the long rant folks but i i, I think it is a little bit cut and dry in high ticket dropshipping how you should do this right if 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 you're trying to rank for a brand keyword it's almost almost exclusively going to be on a collection page like that's what google wants but i would just encourage you look at the keyword you're trying to rank for for which you're trying to rank sorry working on that uh and go to google and see what they're showing and for the most part not all keywords are cut and dry for the most part you'll see a majority of of returns on the first page uh as a collection, as a listicle, as an information piece, as a product, and just give Google exactly what it wants. So I get back to the story, like where I would start is like pick one sub niche and go deep on it, get five brands, 10 brands, whatever it is, build a best generic keyword, best niche keyword of 2022 page, build a niche keyword for sale, if you will, or just niche keyword collection page, build those out alongside of you getting the brands, right? So now you have, let's say saunas, you have niche number two, sub niche number three, sub niche number four, and you've got a hundred products, um, 20 brand pages, eight different generic pages. And inside of each of those is your opportunity to go even deeper, right? And so the easiest ones I give you are supporting for brand collection pages. You should be able to do brand reviews, And you should be able to write a thousand words on why your company loves this brand, but don't take our word for it. And stamp.io will populate all the reviews from that brand. You might not have many, but this page will continue growing on your behalf. You'll never have to touch it again. Stamped will keep adding reviews and you can, the only link on that page should be back to the brand. So if your brand's name is Sunray Saunas, the only hyperlink on that page better say Sunray Saunas and link back to the Sunray Saunas collection page. Another easy one is Sunray Saunas Frequently Asked Questions. Go build a page around the frequently asked questions around Sunray Saunas. And the only link on that page should be Sunray Saunas and pointing back to the Sunray Saunas collection page. Whatever your collection name is, it better be the keyword you're trying to rank for. And it better be the only hyperlink on those supporting pieces of content coming back to your collection page. Okay, so now we have 20 brands, 100 products eight generic uh, pages uh, or like four generic collections or whatever it is, five generic collections and five best pages. And now we have, I'm already forgetting how many brands we have, five brands, fucking eight, 20 brands. Now we have 40 supporting pages to those 20 brands. And like, to me, that's just the big, this is like baseline that I would do on any business I'm starting today that I think you almost have to do to get going uh, definitely in America. And uh, for sure, um, I would do this everywhere, whether it's an easier country or whether it's a harder country i think this is like to me that's the baseline this is where i would start am i missing anything of like where you would jump in john to just building out the foundation for seo no i think you've got it uh, pretty good on the money there benny it's a good start it's a good start okay so with that you shouldn't have to pay anything other than paying somebody to upload these things or build these pages for you or you know what spend your time building them yourself uh or hire somebody to build them in the way that you want them built right so okay so we have I've already lost track. Five sub niches, uh, 20 brands or whatever, a hundred products. You have um, eight, uh, man, I'm already lost. We have two pages per brand collection page. We also have like inside of each one, we have a best and a generic niche for sale, right? That's a lot of pages on your site that already have an opportunity to rank. And now you need to build supporting content around those, right? And so this is where I tend to lean into versus keywords. So we're going to separate each one, right? Products deserve their own supporting pages. Collections deserve their own supporting pages. Pages, pages deserve their own supporting pages. And so where can we 
where can we start building supporting pages? And I also want to touch on internal links. Please don't let me forget about internal links, John. But where else can we build supporting pages? Likely inside of every brand that you carry, people are comparing two products from that brand. Go to Google, type in one of the product names, hit space, hit VS, and hit space again, and go see if anyone's comparing the two products within a brand. Build that page. If that search term exists, even if Ahrefs or Google, whatever the fuck, tells you zero to 10, go build that fucking page. If there's 10 people searching that, those 10 people are debating which one to buy and they want to buy one of them. Go build that page and earn yourself a couple sales. So now we're doing that with in-brand. You're also going to spot some from um, product in brand A versus product in brand B. Build that fucking page and point back. The only links on that page should point back to product A and product B with exact match keywords for what you're trying to rank those products for, right? So now we have loads of versus pages to create here, and it shouldn't be that hard. You can do it. Make it unique. Now we're going to take a step up and go to brands. So you're doing the same thing. We'll go to Google. Sunray Saunas versus what is Google populating there? They're probably populating three other brands you should compare. Go create Sunray Saunas versus brand A versus brand B versus brand C. Uh, and the only links on those pages should be back to brand A and back to Sunray Saunas, right? This is an opportunity to support two different collection pages. Occasionally, you'll run into a brand that is versus, I have one that's versus like 20 other brands. And so we had to build Sunray Saunas versus the competition, if you will. And then the H2s on that page where Sunray Saunas versus brand A versus brand B versus brand C and just like this huge, enormous page with all of those, wouldn't you know it, building a giant page with all of those relevant keywords uh, ranks very, very well. Uh, and so if you have too many, build one page. If you only have a few, build individual pages, one keyword, one page, just like we taught, right? So now we have product comparisons. We have brand comparisons. Now you're probably going to have niche, right? We already talked about infrared saunas for sale. You likely probably sell traditional saunas if you sell infrared saunas. Definitely a keyword is infrared saunas versus traditional saunas, right? Go to Google and find more. Infrared saunas versus blank. Traditional saunas versus blank. Now build out the generic supporting versus keywords. Again, that's higher up in the journey. And then point them where they want to go from there, right? Send them back to infrared saunas for sale or traditional saunas for sale. Those better be the only links on your page. If you mention products, feel free to link to those products. Um, and now, and then internal linking from all of the places that make sense, send a link back up the cluster. So if you have all of the Sunray Saunas products better have somewhere, probably right around the title, it'll say, um, we'll, we'll call it the Baldwin, whatever it is, Baldwin four person sauna. And then it'll say buy Sunray Saunas. Guess what the keyword I want to rank the collection page is Sunray Saunas and that Sunray Saunas by Sunray Saunas is a link back to the collection page, right? Uh, from those collection pages, you can put a link at the bottom that says, would you like to see the best infrared saunas of 2022 and link back to the best infrared saunas page? Uh, all of those versus pages, you have an opportunity to link back to brands, to products, to collection pages and internal link the shit out of yourself where it makes sense. Don't go crazy and always use exact match keywords that for which you're trying to rank. Now, when I say one keyword, one page, we've talked about my cat product, right? Glucosamine for cats and cat glucosamine are the same keyword. We're trying to rank for both on one page because it's essentially the same keyword in Google's eyes. So when I link from page 37, random page 37 page, I built two glucosamine for cats collection or product rather, I'm going to use glucosamine for cats. When I link to it the next time, I'll use cat glucosamine. When I link to it the next time, I'll link glucosamine cats or a variation, right? So when we say one keyword, one page, that's usually like a small group of keywords that are all the same in Google's eyes. I will vary that throughout my website to send all sorts of different amazing signals to Google uh, throughout my website. Um, I feel like I've just given a masterclass here in like 10 minutes. And like, I, I need to take a breath, John, jump in whenever you please.
I think people listening, I mean, definitely listen back to this a couple of times, what Ben's just gone through because he he goes through it fairly quickly probably because he's had this <laughs> said this a few times. But, yeah, this is gold right here. If, if you're in Simon's case or if you're just doing SEO in general, um, this what Ben's just walked you through should be the basis the you know the the base of all of your SEO efforts, um, and so if you're not doing this stuff, then like I say, go back, listen to it again. Um, particularly if, if that just went a little bit over your head, uh, go back, listen to it again. If you've got questions about it, uh, or if anything didn't make sense, then send an email in to the email address and ask the question, and we will come back, circle back to this, and answer any questions about what Ben's just walked you through on this show again if you're in dropship breakthrough post a question in our slack group if you're listening to this for sure and ben or i will jump in and answer it for you absolutely but this is every this is what everybody should be doing what ben's just walked through so ask yourself the question am i doing any of what ben's just said and if the answer is no and you want to grow your seo traffic get onto it right should be a priority for you if you've got a high ticket dropshipping business up and running right now Sure. And you used a good baseball reference. I love a good baseball reference. So thank you for yeah. saying we got runs on the board. Appreciate that. Um, uh, it's also a cricket, I do, right? cricket reference, mate. Cricket reference. Ooh, oh, that's yeah, baseball. I'll call it the same. Same thing. <laughs> Bouncy baseball. Whatever we call it. Anyway. Um, than baseball. Anyway. Probably. I don't know. Maybe they're probably both pretty hard. Yeah, probably not. It's like the spin, the spin on the ball and you're throwing it so fast, it's crazy. Yeah. I don't know. No, I don't know anything like, about baseball. Cricket, bro. <laughs> I don't know anything about cricket, so we're on the same page. Look, uh, wins on the board, dude. This, this is exactly what we did. So I often talk about the company. We went one to eleven million, and they were like, "What did you do exactly?" Well, I came in there and cleaned up Google Ads. Most people's Google Ads are just horseshit. I'm just being dead on, dead honest with you. They're neglected. They're not tight. John, go back and listen to John and I argue. I took it from from where John was talking, which is the easiest place for everyone to get started. No question. Uh, and if you want to get it really tight and dive deep, probably going to need someone on your team to focus on that. Uh, that's what we did. We went in there and got tight on Google ads and then built out all of the ancillary stuff that just takes a lot of time. Text ads galore, remarketing galore, all sorts of good stuff. And then we focused hard on SEO and this is what we did. We, everything I just said today is what we did. This is what I would love to find a, a good example to put in the course uh, whether it's one of our students, whether it's my own business, there needs to be something like this so that people have a real raw example of what this looks like. But that's what we did to go 1 million to 11 million. Alternatively, we did this with Brian Angel in a very, very difficult industry, and we struggled a little bit. Um, results came, but nowhere near what they did in more ripe opportunities. Standing desk is brutal. Uh, if you're listening to this and you're considering standing desk, don't fucking do it. It's not, it's not fun. It's not worth it. Um, at the same time, I've done this uh, with consulting clients and seen a real boost, a real big boost uh, when you do the work. That's the key. And I've done this in my own businesses and really seen results. And so I encourage anyone listening to this, just do the work. I know that sounded like a lot, but when it's done, it's done. Like, it's not like I got a new ad going and it's performing and I'm gonna have to maintain that ad. When it's done, it's basically done. You should definitely 100% go back add internal links as they come up to other pieces of content that you're building. But this is like, this is the hard work that if you do will pay dividends for you for years and years and years to come. Right. And so I exited, it was a seven figure victory for me. Um, we mentioned on a previous podcast, somebody uh, that I've been consulting with who's selling their business for $4.75 million. Uh, this is what I worked on with them. This is what I work on with all my clients. This is what I want to get out of my head into the course in perfect 
succinct English. It's just hard, right? It's hard to give generalizations. And we need a good example, John, like to be able to do this. And, and I can see in your eyes, you're looking at me, you're like, just use your site, dumb, dumb. Like, so I, I know where John wants me to go with this one. Um, and, and maybe I will, right? I, it, it's very hard without using specific examples, but I'm willing to, and we've said this before, if you're willing to like unload your business on us, I'll, I'll build this in real time on a Patreon. I don't even, I don't even need John on here. Like I'll just, I'll just, uh, barf on you for an hour straight and you know and john can take over and do the same thing like i could do this all day long this is what really excites me in business is the exponential and like this is exponential this isn't one time this is something you're building for a very long time and something that can continue paying you day after day after day after day while you're not investing any more money or time yeah cool man so I think that's that's obviously sort of ground zero for where we where we would start if we're in uh, Simon's case of of no Google shopping, etc. What else are we going to do? Um, you know, I mean, obviously this, that that's going to be a big part of the focus. So, but there are other are other things that you can do. I know Simon, you did mention that you're able to run search text ads via another Google account. So I think. Certainly, there there are still pay per click opportunities available to you. Don't forget, you can run ads on Bing, right? So obviously, I would be still utilizing Bing, uh, setting up an account on Bing, doing Bing shopping, search text ads on Bing, uh, where it makes sense, and all of that sort of thing. If you can run some Google search text ads, and you're building out a lot of the pages that Ben's just mentioned, you can run search text ads to those. So some really tight search text ads, sort of single keyword ad group type stuff. Um, there's going to be keywords that you can target in there. And search text ads often do work much better in Australia from a conversion standpoint than they do in the US. I'm not really sure why that is, but we definitely have some students in the program who get better results from search text ads from a conversion perspective than they do from Google Shopping ads in Australia. I still don't know why that is, but nevertheless, it's the case. Um, I, I even know a few people who don't run shopping ads in Australia. They just run search text ads because they won't make, they couldn't see they were making any money through their shopping ads. Go figure. But uh, nevertheless, so I, I think that would be worth experimenting with. Absolutely, if you if you've got the availability, the the ability to do that. Um, and another thing you can do in Australia that's worked quite well for me. Uh, over the years in various spaces is there are a lot of smaller shopping networks in Australia where you can list your products, right? So it's just a case of pulling in, you know, getting the sales ball rolling, finding a little bit of profitability to help you build out some of the bigger ticket things like the SEO pieces. There are a ton of small shopping networks, kind of like marketplace type things in Australia where you can list your products. Uh, and often they work on a pay-per-click basis or a percentage of the sale basis or whatever. Um, but in my experience, a lot of those, and they may, some may or may not be relevant to your niche, but there will be some that are. You know, they'll pull in two, three, four, five sales a month. And if you get your stuff on five of them and pull in 15 extra sales a month, 20 extra sales a month, that can, you know, be enough to build a bit of momentum you know, start pulling in a bit of extra money that you can invest into building out your SEO or whatever whatever else you might be working on until you get, you know, back to your your, your access on your um, Google Google Ads. So, you know, examples like my shopping, for example, that's that's an example of one of these places. But there, there's a ton of them out there actually. 
Um, and on a, a couple of the businesses that I've run in Australia, I've literally listed my products on all of them, you know, over the time and they do make sales for sure. So that's something else I would do. Um, and yeah, the other thing I would say is, you know, if have a look and once again, how well this works is a little bit, um, you know, probably niche dependent. Um, and yours might be a ripe one for it, but there are a lot of places like online communities and things like that in Australia that already have the attention of your ideal customer. So can you go to those places and start building some relationships there, get your name out? So like, you know, there's all sorts of communities, um, you know, people with the attention of your market. So go and reach out to those people, make a list. Like where, where does your ideal customer hang out? Like online, are there blogs they follow? Uh, are there Facebook groups? Like whatever it is. Uh, and see if that's those are places you can go and stick your head in at, you know, get to know the owners, um, you know. And uh, in Australia, that sort of stuff's a bit of a wild west, right? Like, you know, I've had, you know, banners put in places on people's websites and stuff like that for a carton of beer in Australia, you know. You can do that sort of stuff, right? <laughs> like it's it's kind of the Wild West because uh, still a little bit because a lot of people, particularly in some of the more, um, you know, so, some of the communities, they, they've just built it because they love it, not because they really wanted to monetize it and they have no fucking idea how to monetize it, right? And so if you go and offer them a tiny amount of money, a tiny amount of money that you can get into their space and put something about your business in front of their their audience for like compared to the US for a much smaller investment. Um, and, and like I say, you know, that's worthwhile sometimes. Is it a beer thing? Like you guys just love your beer? Yeah, we love beer. But <laughs> trading beer? For, uh, look, I love all the interesting ideas. I do remember a long time ago I had a, a different Australian business partner that John really likes. Um, and <laughs> I can't remember the name of the website, but it was like a – it wasn't eBay. It wasn't uh, Craigslist or whatever. It was something kind of similar to that where people were making sales and you didn't have to spend. I don't remember the name of the website, but you know, I'm glad you were mentioning other shopping networks because that was the first idea I had. But one thing that really stood out to me in his email was it's a niche I'm super passionate about and quite knowledgeable on. So I've got big content SEO plans. If you are passionate about this and quite knowledgeable, it means you probably use all these things that are on your business you shared with us. Uh, start documenting that. Just go play with the toys. Go play with yeah. everything inside of your niche and put it on TikTok and put it on Instagram and put it everywhere and then go meet other YouTube. people who are within that industry, yep. YouTube. Yeah, just go go hang out. Go be part of that community and eventually they'll just be like, oh, that's Simon. He's Simon's got a store on this stuff. Go buy from Simon, right? Like uh, just start working your way in. Those relationships will pay huge dividends down the line as you need backlinks to your content, as you need different content for your uh, platforms, things like that. Just go be a part of the community and start if, – if you're already quite knowledgeable and passionate, you probably have some of these things. Um, mm. Start using them. Start taking photos. Put your put your face out there. Um, start talking about it because that's that's what will start spreading the word. Like uh, you know, start a podcast on this stuff or start a YouTube vlog of, of like you doing this stuff. Uh, the internet is starving for content. Uh, give it some of it, you know, especially if you're part of this, you'll, you'll have no problem putting out the content. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that kind of, kind of, I mean, there's other benefits to doing that. I mean, in, in some cases it is a bit of a longer term play, but 
you know, thinking about one of the one of the, one of the questions one of our other listeners put in, uh, Randy, about you know how do you build a defensible moat around your business? And I think we're going to find a sexier name for that when we answer that question. But like, if you do that stuff, I mean, if you're really into your niche, like personally, and it's something you do, whatever that is, if you can, like as Ben says, document that and start putting that content out there. If you have other dropshippers or people like that that want to come into your space, almost guaranteed 99% of them are not going to do any of that stuff, right? You know, I mean, obviously, Ben and I see a lot of people do, do you know, start dropshipping businesses and all of that. Most of us aren't in niches that we're deeply personally involved in. Most aren't. Some are, but most aren't. Uh, you know, there might be a passing interest or something like that, but not to the level that people are prepared to produce their own content, like when it comes to video content or audio content or whatever that features them actually interacting within their market. And if you can do that, I think you put yourself into a realm where you are unique and you can be touched by other people much less easily from a competition perspective over the sort of medium to long term. So I would definitely say, I mean, if you... If you're in that category, then do that. You know, even if you had access to your Google Ads and all that sort of thing, still do that because it's giving giving your business a completely unique feel if you can do that. For sure. And I wish we could talk about what his niche is because I've got a million ideas on like how you could do this. But John John's right. Just like the the relationships you'll build, the content you'll build, the brand you'll build by using this stuff and just putting yourself out there. It's priceless, and and again, if you're willing to play the long game here, you've got a real chance to win for a really long time in this industry, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, and the, I mean, the cool thing about this question is, as well, Simon's already got a business that's making money, so you know, take your time with this one. I mean, you don't. There's no rush. Like, you don't have to have all of this. You know, some of the stuff we've talked about here. There's a bit of work that needs to be done, right, to get it all in place. But there, don't feel pressure to do it. Do it right, because if you do it right and you put the effort in, man, this could be a big thing for you, right? To build to build a business this way, doing all of these things first before worrying about ads, in some ways I actually think is a better way to do it, right? Because you're building a much better foundation. We, we go with the ads first because it gets people quick results. And there is, a, there is a plus to getting quick results and seeing that traction and all of that sort of thing. But sometimes the downside of that is that people neglect building some of these foundational things even though we tell them you should be doing it in the beginning you should be doing your seo in the beginning and all that sort of thing a lot of people don't take that advice and they go oh well i'm just going to keep sticking my nose in at my ads every day and try and tweak a few more sales out of that and forget about or ignore all of the other things that i could be doing and i actually think that's that's uh that's an unfortunate thing that does happen i i would love to see people do more of the stuff that Ben's just talked you through in the beginning, like right from sort of day one, start building that out because in the medium and long term, that's where the really exciting results come from. So in some ways, I think it's a good problem to have not being able to, uh, not being able to rely on ads in the beginning. Yeah, I think people get consumed too. Right? When sales start coming in from one source, it's easy to – you know, put your blinders yeah. on and focus on it. And you should for the most part, but also like you can't get sucked in and not think about anything else. Like, you, you, you know, 
it's very easy. I understand. Like, go go get sales. Money solves a lot of problems. And so, and it's also motivating, right, to actually put some money in your pocket and see yeah. sales rolling through. But, you know, it's very easy. And I've worked with a few people like this who sales just really start coming. They may not even be profitable sales, but there's just so many of them. They're consumed with processing orders and dealing with customers. And, and they don't have time to think about anything else. So then they'll, you know... Um, They'll buy consulting and then they'll be like, what do I do? And I'll be like, yeah, you need to do all of this that we just talked about on this show. And they'll be like, when the fuck am I going to have time for that? Right. Or like, who can I hire? And I'm like, well, no one's going to understand your business the way you do. I'd encourage you to build some of this or, or be able to give feedback to someone building this for you so that like they actually understand why you're building this, where they're at in the journey. And then, the, you know, we'll, we'll meet again a week later and they'll be like, yeah, I didn't get anything done. I had this customer with this problem and this, I had to go tweak my ads here. And can we hop into my Google ads account and just look at it real quick? Sales are down just a, you know, 4% this week. I, I'm a little really worried. And it's like, what, what are you like your ability here to take a second to play the long game is, is what's worth it. And I would, even if you're listening to this and you're new, understand this isn't something that's going to change your life in the next four weeks right? Or four mm-hmm. months. Like this is a long game. And like, if you're willing to say, I'm, I'm going to be at this for a few years. And at the end of that few years, I'm going to be in a different place. That's going to work out well for, I, I, I tend to look at it like weight loss. Like, can you do any of the fad diets work? Yeah, maybe a little bit. Um, and then what, right? Like then you end up falling back to your habits and falling back to your standards. And so, um, you know, play the long game of like changing your actual habits and your standards. And th- for this, for, for the website, it's, you know, actually building out the right content and, and doing it the right way and not copy and pasting and not taking shortcuts. And, you know, a year from now, you're not going to be back at square one. You're going to be in a whole different stratosphere or two years from now, three years from now, you're going to be in a really great place. And especially, you know, really leaning on anyone here who's listening to this from Australia, get to work. I, I'm blown away by the opportunity that is out there. I'm a little jealous. I'm not Australian. Um, John, I think it's time for John to build another store. This, this is ripe for the picking over there. Oh, yeah. There's, uh, there's ideas around that at the moment. Ooh. That's all I'll say. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Or does that just get you hooked for the next episode? John is revealing everything in the next episode. <laughs> uh, look, this was fun. If anybody wants me to do this in your business, I will happily do it. If you're listening to this and you're like, yes, please do this. In my, I'll do it for a whole show. I don't even care. Like uh, That shit is fun to me. I know we want to do some stuff on the free show around keyword research and content and things like that. And so it uh, might be a mixture between the two. But this stuff's fun. The, it, the ability to actually like be a little more personalized and answer your questions on Patreon is what, what's really fun to me. I, I like deep diving on people's businesses and and tearing them apart and you know, giving ideas. And I think John could offer his own ideas that would be also just like extremely unique. I don't know. John and I come together in a weird way. Like we have some similar passions, I think, John, but I don't know. You think very differently. You have a different lens than I do. I have a different lens than you do. And that's probably what makes us a a good team. Yeah. Yeah. I'm much better looking as well. Well, that's why we don't do this one on video. So. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone. If you want your question answered, drop shit, Patreon podcast at gmail.com. See you next week. Bye.